we're going to do our top 10 sketches of the year. Um, I should just com- mention we didn't include monologues and we didn't include uh, weekend updates. Am I, am I correct there? Yeah, even if I had included them, they weren't making the list. <laughs> but we did include commercials that appeared during weekend update, if that's a, if that makes yes. sense. All right, Matt, what's your number 10? Jaws 2. Love Jaws 2. Classic highlight reel SNL. One of the things I saw as a kid that turned me on to the show. Love Chevy's voice when he's just saying shit like Andy Graham. <laughs> Daily Graham. Uh, yeah, it cracks me up. It's absurd. It's stupid. Yeah. Uh, but but they sell it so well. They got the music. They got the big stupid shark. Uh, I really think this is classic SNL. Let me be specific. I, I like. I I know they did this a few times throughout the season. And while it was always funny, I'm talking number one. Jaws two, the first yeah. time was the best. I think they called the next one Jaws three. Actually, this I is obviously so. before the sequels in the eighties. Yeah. Number ten for me was Life or Follies with. Uh, Garrett's going to get me a shotgun. Oh, that's a good one. You know, I kind of forgot about that one. I wouldn't have, I don't think it would have made my top 10, but that was oh. really good. Well, it, it comes down to in that one, I think Peter Cook and Garrett Morris and just the effort they put into the whole uh, set. And like, I remember Chevy, I found Chevy rather stupid in that one and, uh, and Belushi as well. But, but I think, uh, yeah, there's enough in there that it made my top 10 without a question. Yeah. My number nine, Dominatrix cleaning service. Wow, not even on my radar. Listen, I'm not going to be out here and pretend that the costumes did not draw my attention specifically. (laughs) Okay, but I would not rate something number nine because of a hot girl. There's hot girls all over the Internet. I don't need a hot girl to like a Saturday Night Live sketch. It's nice. Anyway, I I really thought this was an amazing extension of what Jane Curtin can do. And I really think she's very talented. And I thought Gilda played the fucking clueless person. Gilda plays clueless really well. Yeah. Uh, with her, you know, she's got those big doe eyes like, well, I don't know. Uh, and just the, the chemistry between them, I thought was great. And uh, I thought it was just, it, it was really unique. That was mm-hmm. my number nine. My number nine, I went with a Gary Weiss film. And it was uh, Taylor Mead talking about his cat. (laughs) That was good. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I I wasn't sure if we were going to add the Gary Weiss films to this or even the the Albert Brooks films, if you were so inclined. But but this one, uh, this Taylor Mead one, I I loved it. Yeah, really loved it. That was really good. My number eight, Word Association. Yeah, there was a sketch from that episode on my list, but it uh, wasn't that one. I feel I should mention that sometimes the the cult status of a sketch, I was influenced. Yeah, I, I admit it. Uh, probably for Jaws 2 and certainly for this one. Yeah, but I also just thought, uh, d- despite all the hubbub, I thought Chevy Chase was really good in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was really buttoned down. He was really... He wasn't always, he wasn't like the same kind of goofy, handsome Chevy Chase. Uh, I thought he added a lot that is uh, not really considered. Prior, I mean, Prior was stellar. It was well written, strong. It was an excellent sketch, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, I've, I've, I've slept on that one a lot. Maybe in the sense, the cult status hurt it for me. Yeah. I, and I totally get that yeah. because I feel like that about some things, not this sketch in particular, but you know, it's not cool to like something too popular. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. But I, you know, it's funny. I don't know if that influenced it in that way, or it was just like, it's on such a high pedestal. Let's break it down to it's every bit of its minutia. 
And yeah. uh, by all means, it should be on, probably should be on my top 10, but it just didn't, you know, didn't make it this time. My number eight, um, and Sean, who hosted this one with us, would uh, be rolling his eyes. But for me, it was the Bates School of Motel Management, uh-huh. um, where Norman Bates runs a school about <laughs> running a motel. Just really liked it. The tech was great. The set was stellar. Good to see him poking fun at Norman Bates. He probably could have dug in his heels and said, I don't want to do that again. But I really Keith, enjoyed that one. Keith, my number seven is Norman Bates Hotel Management. Oh, wow. Okay. So that okay. works out perfectly. Uh, yeah. What a great sketch. I, I really appreciate when somebody shows up and doesn't want to do shit that makes them famous. I think they can go fuck themselves. <laughs> if Rock doesn't want to do a wrestling sketch. Don't do Saturday Night Live. If yeah. Christopher Lee doesn't want to play Dracula, don't do Saturday Night Live. Yeah. You know, you're, you're coming on a, a show that's going, that's a satirical show. Have a sense of humor. And I love Christopher Lee. It really hurts yeah. me to say that. Just because you do it on TV, it's not canon. My number seven was a sketch. It was short, but I, <laughs> I loved it. And I thought it was absolutely awesome. Was fondue for Namibia. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> I, I just, I absolutely, uh, I thought it was great. I, my God, I laughed through that whole thing. Yeah. I forgot about that one. And this is, uh, I guess this will be the fun of the recap shows. Yeah. Is, uh, kind of rediscovering those lost uh, clips. We were kind of talking before about does the, uh, does the iconography of a sketch uh, could be decision influencing. I feel like that might be the case for my number six, but I still really enjoyed it. Uh, my number six is the offer to the Beatles. Yeah, I think here. it's really cool to see Lorne doing something. Uh, and Lorne's really good at when he's just out there being Lorne. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, you know, I I don't think he could ever do anything else. But uh, he really, he plays his part so well. Uh, he was so serious. Uh, and and it, it made me think of the rumors of John and Paul, uh, whether it be the first one or the second one. Knowing that they might have been watching as the urban legend is, is really cool. And I love the, uh, the behind the scenes humor that they're really, yeah. I'm into that. My number six is uh, iconic. It's, you know, it's a Saturday Night Live sketch that gets a lot of replay and stuff like that, but it's Bassomatic. Thought it was great. Best commercial parody of the season, hands down. Number five for me, a Gary Weiss film, Buck Henry talks toilet seats. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Weird. Buck Henry, really improv-y. Uh, I loved it. It was that gritty New York thing from the 70s, which I love. Buck Henry was just excellent in it, but it still had all those Gary Weiss vibes. Frig, man, I'm a big Buck Henry fan. When Gary Weiss is really good, we're, we're, we're quite high on him as well. My number five was uh, Felina Cat Food, where they made the casserole out of tuna and cat food, and they gave it to a woman at the grocery store. And you like this she- more than Bassomatic? Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, um, and I it, guess it's, it's true that we don't always agree. This woman, it bec- because they didn't use a cast member, they didn't use cast members. I think that made the big difference for me. These were, yeah. they were actors, but we didn't see them on the show. And this could have very easily been disguised as a, as a regular, regular commercial. The look on her face was uh, when, when, when he was explaining to her that he switched one, well, one was made with cat food. Um <laughs> It was really good. Yeah, I it, it did it for me. You don't like my number four, if I recall correctly, and I think it's the one that might surprise you the most. My number four was the Southern Hospitality Poker Game. Yeah, I didn't like that one too much. Uh, I thought Dan Aykroyd was hilarious in it yeah. and accepting any 
kind of abuse as long as it was with honor. It made me think of Klingons and Star Trek, but his voice and it's just, it just didn't matter how shitty things got for the, for him. It, but, and Dan was just so good as, well, if it is with honor, sir, <laughs> and he could get him killed his children. Well, yeah. it was with honor. It was a big hit for me. That was my, it's like my, my sleeper hit of the season. My number four was talk back with Frank Nolan, Buck Henry at the phones. Yeah. yeah that me. got me. Yeah, I love how it got more complicated as it went on. And he got more controversial. (laughs) (laughs) Number three for me is an Andy Kaufman bit. Old MacDonald with the audience members. Yeah. When you let them come up and sing Old MacDonald, I thought it was brilliant. Uh, Anybody that's ever seen my stand-up, all 12 of you, know I'm huge on audience interaction. Uh, So this really spoke to me in that regard. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was risky. Yeah, I I, I just love the whole thing. Muddy Mouse is iconic. Is it funnier? Eh, I don't know. I laughed at this more. I loved Andy Andy fucking wrangling the the members and trying to keep them all on cue. Uh, It was chaos. I thought it was so much fun. I, I didn't include Andy, but if I had either this one or Mighty Mouse would have certainly made the list. For sure. My number three was Garrett Morris sings Schubert. That was a nice moment. That was the best use of Chiron. It was a fantastic use of Garrett. Easily uh, the po- best Chiron of the season. You're right. Yeah. Show poking fun at itself and how it's kind of low rent and people will think it's PBS, but they had to put the Chiron so people didn't. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, just nailed it on so many levels and uh, it was great to see them. That was a gamble, you know, to put somebody in a tuxedo in front of a blue screen with a cellist and a piano. And uh, to me, it paid off. My number two, no stranger to you, talk back. His mania works for me on so many levels. I think I personally relate to that character, which is concerning, uh, but also, yeah, I, ju- I, I just felt it. I felt him. I felt that whole sketch, the, the, the escalating absurdity, the frustration. I think it was Buck Henry's best performance this episodes yeah. this season. I think so too, yeah. My number two is probably my sleeper hit of the year, and it's one I even overlooked in past years watching the show. It's going to be a shock to you, Matt, and probably a shock to other people, but I love deadpan humor, and nothing was better at the deadpan humor than the Germasol ad with the giant deodorant for the house. (laughs) Wow, I'm really surprised you picked that as number two, I must say. Having said that, it was kind of like how I talked about Jaws 2. It's so fucking absurd. Yeah. And yeah. that really that really gives it appeal. If you substituted the five foot roll on deodorant with a, you know, regular size can of spray, that is a real commercial, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and it's just that one little detail and the, the women, it was Jane and Gilda and Lorraine were just so deadpan. Yeah. And they were and really good. They were fucking around with a five foot deodorant. So I, I'm assuming our number one is the same, but I'm interested to hear what your one is. It's not. You, oh. I thought you would have known my number one. It requires the whole bass. Oh, okay, the there you go. <laughs> was the best thing of the season. I did not laugh at anything harder. I would not watch anything as repeatedly. Dan Aykroyd is chaotic and brilliant. Lorraine Newman as the, hmm, that's good bass. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she's perfect. And the whole thing just feel like feels like it's ready to just fly off the rails at any moment uh, when he's trying to hold down the blender and still get his lines out. Yeah. And he's like his apex pitch man mode. He's got the voice, the energy, right? I the, Nothing, nothing this season was as good as that couple of minutes for me. Wow. 
Well, Loved it. All right. And my number one sketch was, uh, and I'm surprised it didn't make your top 10, to be honest, was Nixon's Ooh. Final Days. <gasps> oh, you know how much I like that one, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really? That was great political satire. It was just, uh, it hit on every level. It made fun of Nixon, but it was also, whether intentionally or not, making fun of the people that were writing about Nixon at the time. You know, three very strong impressions, four very strong impressions of public figures in there. Aykroyd was on fire, well-crafted and uh, and long, but sustained it. And, Absolutely. Uh, just really just an enjoyable sketch. Kind of sad at times. And uh, yeah, no, they, they nailed it. They really nailed it. Very ambitious, too. A uh, very yeah. ambitious thing to pull off. Like, it was long. And if I remember, there was a couple of scene changes, was there not? Yeah, they went jump, they jumped back and forth between uh, Nixon and uh, and Pat Nixon writing the uh, in the diary. A uh, very ambitious, long sketch that they pulled off, despite its absence in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, because I tended to go for a little more iconic stuff and uh, certainly... Yeah. I'm obviously a fan of absurdist humor. That That's just the shit that speaks to me. But this was top shelf satire. 